Sox fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, on my co-host, Eddie Jones. So we're going to get you caught up on the excitement of the Ducks moving on to the next round. They uh, took out the Flames in five games. So we'll go over that last game and talk about the series and what went well for the Ducks. We're also going to look forward to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks and preview that series for you. Uh, we have some fan questions to answer and uh, some blog updates as well to get to. But um, we'll go back to game five. And uh, it, what an exciting game, Eddie. Um, the Ducks uh, got behind and uh, rallied in the third period again. Uh, ended up pulling this one out. Uh, all the excitement, even uh, Perry going down there. Um, overall, just a great win, Eddie, but uh, an emotional one at that, too. Yeah, and at a, for a second there, it looked like the streak in Honda Center might might be over. You know, the Flames were playing pretty good, uh, and then the Ducks just turned it on in, in the last few periods. But, you know, that early Hoodler goal on the power play was – was you know just just kind of quieted the whole building down and ignited the flames from there and and you know they played a really strong first period after that and you know you look at that hoodler goal too and and you look at the the furling goal in game five and they're they're pretty much identical goals which is you know a little worrying for Anderson because they're 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 goals you you would expect him to stop and and uh, you know how well he's been playing and not to say he had a bad game either but. You know, just a, a slap shot. You know, they are open and he can see it. And, and you know, sometimes they're hard to stop. But a short side slap shot, right under his block or over his pad, and, and you see that in back-to-back games. Do you, do you really see that worrying, or you know, is that is that really not an issue? Or what do you think? Yeah, you know, I noticed that in the last couple of games. Uh, you know, like you had said, uh, a couple of those on his right side just uh, squeezing by and. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of a concern, but I mean, overall, the way Anderson's played, uh, you know, in the entire playoffs, I'm not really too stressed out um, about it. You know, I mean, I mean, he's obviously only lost one game, and uh, there's been a lot of times too, Eddie. Uh, we saw it uh, on the road, especially in Calgary and Winnipeg, where uh, you know the other team was applying a lot of pressure, and the fans were getting behind, uh, you know, the Jets and the Flames in their own buildings. And uh, if it wasn't for Anderson, you know, in those games, uh, the Ducks would have been down by even more. So. Even though he gave up a couple that were, you know, maybe somewhat questionable, I, I'm still not stressed out about it. I think Anderson's going to be just fine. Um, you know, he's not he's not perfect. I mean, um, he's been playing pretty pretty close though. But uh, I'm not too worried about it, Eddie. I, I think that uh, the Ducks will um, be able to use him um, as he's been doing the last two series. Uh, when, you know, as we preview the Chicago series in a little bit, and uh, he'll be rock solid in the net and ready to go. Yeah, and you know, again, we see it in this game as we talked about it in in the podcast a couple of days ago. Is that Kessler line almost like a second first line? We see uh, Kessler again you know, leading the way in the faceoffs. The Ducks just dominated in the faceoff circle, and you know he gets the the power play goal to tie the game, and you know he's on the ice for the power play goal where Matt Bolesky scores. You know, what, just what a big you know performance to step up from from uh, Kessler, and you know that line continues to produce. Yeah, that second line has been just sort of ridiculous uh, this playoffs, Eddie. I mean, you know, Silverberg again had a multi-point uh, game last night. He had two assists. He assisted on the Kessler goal and the Bolesky goal. Um, Bolesky's just been on fire, you know. Uh, we talked about him tying Tim Solani's record of, uh, you know, scoring at least one goal in the first four games of the series. And, and then he broke it last night, um, you know. And I didn't even know at first I – I had thought Francois had scored it, uh, you know, where I was sitting in my seat in the angle. But, uh, you know, obviously on the replay, we see the, the great tip uh, by Bolesky there to knock it, um, you know, up and in under the crossbar. And uh, that's a new club record, too, for those of you that don't know. Uh, Bolesky scoring five goals, uh, you know, one in each of the first five games of this series, Eddie. Yeah, I know. Of, of course it's him, though. Of course he's the guy who gets his stick on it. And we saw him go on a great run and in the season where you score goals like crazy and uh, picks it up uh, with no points. I, I believe he had no points in, in the first series. And then he comes out in this game and, and makes a statement and scores goals in, in, in five straight games. And, you know, when you really think of it, you'd expect, you know, Perry or, or get, you know, even Getzlaff or Kessler, Silverberg, somebody else to do that. But, you know, when you have a guy like Matt Bolesky, you can step up and, and provide scoring like that and, and you know, break a record that was held by Timu Solani. It's pretty amazing, you know, especially coming from a guy like that. 
Yeah, and, and you know, the key, too, and we talked about some last one, is what they, the, the Ducks will do in the offseason. I mean, obviously, we got a ways to go. we got at least a couple more weeks of hockey, hopefully another month uh, uh, or so, uh, if, if the hockey gods will allow us. But uh, I really do hope the Ducks work out a deal and get him uh, next year because this second line with Silverberg, uh, Kessler, and Valeski is just really taken off. And, uh, you know, as a lot of the fans have said, this, this line, Eddie, could truly play a first line on a lot of the uh, clubs around the NHL. Yeah, and, you know, you really can't break the this lineup the way it's playing right now. It, it's hard to even, you know, the first line's the same way. Uh, obviously, we're not seeing as much production from three and four, but really when you've got these two lines playing like they are, it's, you know, it's 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 pretty hard to, to fault anybody. And, you know, it's, it, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, he's going to be a guy they're going to re- want to resign. I, you know, I know at the trade deadline we talked about it and we were saying, you know, maybe we should trade him. He's wanted too much money. You know, do we really think he can he can score goals? And, you know, I heard a lot of fans say, no, no, keep him. We're going to need him in the playoffs. And I was a little worried, but, you know, right now I'm I'm, I'm not too worried. I'm feeling pretty happy. And you know, I think uh, he's he's earned his way to a contract, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he doesn't get one, I'd, I'd be surprised. And, and if they do uh, let him walk in the summer, I mean, that's that's going to be a huge mistake. I, I think uh, the only thing that really slowed him down, Eddie, in the regular season uh, was, you know, him getting injured when uh, I remember at the game when he, I can't remember the exact game, but he took that nasty tumble with his shoulder into the uh, the boards. But I mean, if that didn't happen, you know, uh, he might have been the leading goal scorer on the team this season instead of Corey Perry in terms of goals. Yeah, you know, he still produced a pretty good point total as well. You know, he had uh, 32 points in 65 games. You know, for a guy who's not known for scoring goals, you know, I, I believe it was his first 20-goal season too, which is, you know, a huge step up for him. And, you know, the guy we're used to scoring goals for sure is Perry. And, you know, what a performance by him last night. It's, uh, you know, reminiscent of Paul Correa in 2003 after the uh, the Scott Stevens hit. He's, he's uh, off the ice and on the board, so... You know, just an amazing effort from him. You know, when I saw him go down and you know, the way his knee bent back, uh, I thought he was done for the series. Yeah, Eddie, and if that was a scary moment, uh, you know, back in the second period in that game. Um, I remember everybody around us, just we all just had a big, you know, collective sigh, basically, uh, when, he, when he came back out on the ice because the way it looked when you saw him go down um, and, you know, his gloves on the ice and he's literally – pulling himself on the ice to get to the bench and get that line change so that, you know, it doesn't cost the Ducks a goal or, or you know, a bad uh, scoring chance or whatever. You could tell he was in some serious distress. And uh, it was amazing the fact that he came back out. Now, I'm sure he went to the locker room and got shot up with cortisone or something similar because that, that's probably what happened. But uh, I, I think maybe he might have just had a slight hyperextension. Um, the news came out recently about uh, what had happened. And Boudreaux said that he was fine. Um, I haven't heard anything else, you know, anything more specific than that, other than that he was really sore. So I think he'll be good to go. I think maybe it was just a slight hyperextension, you know, thank God, uh, because it looked really, really nasty, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, the script was written, though, when he came back on the bench. It's, you know, who else but Perry to score the winning goal to, to seal the series after that hit? And, you know, you look at that hit, and, and coming back from something like that, you know, you usually don't see players come back from the – on the bench or, you know, let alone a, a couple games later. And, you know, the you, when you watch that hit over again, it begs the question. I know a lot of fans, uh, you know, some fans were one way, some were the other way. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's hard to look at that and say it wasn't incidental. It looks like stage in, you know, season when he turns. And you know, you, there there is an argument there. It's not like it's a blatant, you know, that he meant to hit him and he meant to hurt him. But, you know, it's hard to argue that that, that wasn't incidental there. Yeah, I agree. I, I think at that point, once Perry didn't have the puck anymore, that you had to call a penalty on that. And I remember everybody uh, was tra- you know chanting the ref, you suck, of course, because everybody was pissed. And uh, you obviously saw it on the team, uh, especially Getzloff and Maroon and Stoner, as they all skated over. And, you know, then the, the big, you know, basic pileup on the other side of the ice as everybody went at it. And, uh, you know, matching penalties were uh, doled out to uh, Furland and Stoner, uh, you know, on that scrum. But, uh I was disappointed that the Ducks didn't get a power play after that. I, I really thought, like you said, I, I didn't think it was worthy of a major penalty. I, I didn't think that it was that incidental. Um, it looked a lot worse when you watch the replay. Um, it's questionable, but it's definitely a penalty, uh, either tripping, interference, 
something in that nature for them not to give him something on that even maybe a double minor is I, I just I thought that was a little bit uh, you know unfortunate because I mean he's laying on the ice the way he was you could tell he was in pain and uh, I was also a little bit disappointed too to hear people uh, the Corey Perry haters out there talking trash saying that uh, you know he faked it and I, I just have to laugh at any of you that think that because you watch the play that was a big time hit, and anybody that plays the sport knows that he was in some serious pain, Eddie. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to believe that there wasn't a penalty called on that play. You know, you look at how tightly the refs were, were calling the game. You know, a couple, you know, soft penalties, but they were the refs were trying to make a statement. And you know, you saw the little soft cross check that Lindholm had that led to a penalty, and you know, a couple soft calls either way. Um, leading the power plays, and you look at that and you say, well, how is that not called when some of these other ones are called? And no, it's it's a tough decision, and you know you look at it from a ref might not be able to see it perfectly, and he doesn't get the benefit of replay on on that call. But you know you rarely see those go unpenalized, and you know disappointing to see. But you know like you said, like if you're if you're I know you're disappointed and your team lost in it, and a lot of people hate Corey Perry outside of Anaheim. But you know to say he faked that when you watch the replay and you see his leg just snap back and he can't even stand and he crawls off the ice, you know that's just you know that it's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, I, you know, and that's you know just the way it is. And I mean, even then, uh, you know, some some people uh, from the fl- uh, Flames camp uh, complained about the last game-winning goal too. Eddie, uh, they looked at that play and they, you know, said that Perry had interfered with Ramo, and Ramo got mad. If you watched it, he gets out and slams his stick against the the post. Uh, you know, after going up to the ref and complaining. And uh, I looked at that replay a lot when I got back home. I even looked at it, um, you know, the day after and. Uh, it looks like to me that uh, Ramo makes the initial save and uh, Perry goes to, to shoot it the first time, misses, his stick hits Ramo, and then he goes for the follow-through to, to score while uh, getting drilled in the back. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that play, but I didn't see any goalie interference. I mean, when you're trying to swing at a puck and you miss and, and it hits the goalie, I mean, that's not really goalie interference in my book. I mean, that's just you're just trying to make a play. He didn't try to hit – Ramo unintentionally or try to knock him out of the way because uh, he was already laying down on the ice. Yeah, you know, I think if that was, you know, the flip the other way around, we'd all be mad and we'd probably be saying it was goalie interference too. Like obviously their fans don't want it to be over and you know, obviously Ramo after playing so well, he doesn't want it to be over and he doesn't want the series to be over. He doesn't want to lose the game, but you look at that play and there's no way it's goalie interference. You see plenty of plays like that happen throughout the playoffs in the season. You know, and it's just physical play. It's, it's what the Ducks have established in this series and the Winnipeg series, and, it, and it's really the one of the keys to why they won the series. You know, other than Game Three where they lost, they they were physical. They they worked the forecheck perfectly, and it, you know they played their style of game. And it's really just a key to why they won. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and like you said, if if you go and look back at the series and you look at the games. Uh, the biggest things to come out of this was the special teams play. If you look, the, the Ducks, as we predicted, they won the special teams battle on both sides. Um, you know, e- even though uh, they didn't score as much, uh, you know, on the power play when they were on the road, obviously, they had some issues there. But overall, they uh, they took it in the special teams. And uh, again, last night in the faceoffs, they almost won 20 more faceoffs than Calgary. And uh, they'd been uh, winning in most of the games. So that had been a huge factor. And obviously, the size, too, was huge. Um, and giveaways, you know, Calgary made some big uh, turnovers, uh, especially in uh, Game Four. They had some big ones in there that cost them the game. You know, Andrew scored in that one off the um, Johnny Goudreau turnover, uh, and Johnny Goudreau had several turnovers in that game along with some of the other players. And uh, I think that was the key. It came down to discipline, and I think the Ducks, uh, in terms of you know playing their game and not getting away from it uh, you know obviously game four it got a little bit more physical and there were some more scrums but i think that was the key for the ducks that he was uh just staying within their game and believing in the system that bruce has put in place and that's why we took him out yeah and the thing i love to see um is you know they they, they just fixed everything that was wrong last year in the playoffs you know against Dallas and L.A., they seemed to get under our skin, and we took a lot of bad penalties, a lot of scrums after the whistle, and, you know, Getzloff fought, and, you know, they just seemed to, to rub us the wrong way, and it affected us, and, and you didn't you saw plenty of times where that could have happened in these two series, and, and they've just kept their calm, and everybody's been cool, and that's, like, one of the big changes that we, we focused on last year is something they had to do, and then you look at the other thing was, like, the main thing we focused on was face-offs, and, 
Now we're 55.3% in the faceoff dot, and Kessler's 63.7%. And, you know, what an addition that's been. And, and just being able to change these two things, I think, has been huge for us. Just, you know, being able to be calm under pressure and being able to win these key faceoffs in both zones. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Eddie, because, I mean, when you look at the stats and, and you look, you know, uh, for the people that go by the puck possession and whatnot, uh, you know, that kind of got thrown out, uh, you know, looking at the um, preview of this series between Calgary and the Ducks, and the Ducks did dominate that. And, I mean, the key was winning the faceoffs. Um, you know, really the only one that they didn't win was the the, the one back in Game 3. The, the key faceoff, that is, that they didn't win was um, – that one when they ended up tying the game, you know, with 19.5 seconds left and sending it to overtime by the Flames. But you look at all the big faceoffs in this series, and uh, I mean, they've just been dominant. I mean, they've been able to do that on the special teams. They've been able to do it on five on five. Um, like we talked about last year, we lost to the Kings, and they had won almost 50 more faceoffs, you know, uh, against the Ducks in that series. And, and you look at this Calgary series, and you've seen some games where the Ducks have almost won more than 20 in one game against the Flames. So that's been a huge, huge bonus, getting Kessler, adding him on that second line, taking the pressure off Getzloff to try and be the guy to win it all the time. Because, you know, you, you look at Getzloff and you look at the way he plays, he has a, a really solid game. But if you had to look at something, Eddie, and, and maybe take something away from his game, it would be faceoffs. You know, that would be the only real weakness that uh, Getzloff has. But uh, as we said, it's it's been key this series. Yeah, and you know Kessler has been the go-to matchup for the top line in in this series, the first series, and we'll probably see it against Taves in the next series. Is you know he they just shut down that Monahan line for most of the series. You know games three, four, and five they started to heat up, but it didn't really matter because the Ducks really fought out, and you know they had 17 points in round one combined. That line did, and we kept them to 10 in this series. You know which is still a fair amount of points, but. You know, t- compared comparative to to the Canucks series in this series, it's you know it's a big step up, and that's obviously again, you know, a big uh, applause for Kessler for being able to control that line, who was one of the most dominant lines in, in the league. And then, as well, you look at the special teams, where some we harped on again is, you know, Calgary's power play in, in the first series against Canucks was, they uh, was 27.8 percent, and you know we kept it down to to 11 percent in, in in this series, and scored on, you know, 33% of our power play chances, which was, you know, a, a huge, huge thing that we talked about at the end of the season and their play going into the playoffs is we, we're going to need the special teams and we're going to need to be able to shut down their first lines and, you know, everything's just gone right so far. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, as far as getting it done, shutting them down and encountering and everything, it's all worked out well for the Ducks. Um, I think, like you said too earlier, the other biggest point is that the Ducks' uh, temperament uh, you know, against the other team, um, they really didn't let the Jets and the Jets crowd uh, get to them in the first series, and they didn't really let the, the Flames' physical player, their crowd, get to them. You know, you saw that in the Vancouver series against the Flames, where they had a couple just uh, slap shot, you know, type uh, movie moments in those games where they were just all out brawls. You know, five uh, against five. You know, pair up, pick someone, and just start throwing punches and. Uh, I was afraid that might have happened in this series, just, you know, knowing the history and, and knowing that, uh, you know, the last two regular season games we had against them were pretty crazy with the, you know, six to three uh, trading of wins there. But um, the way that the Ducks have handled that, I think, has been key because in terms of, you know, maintaining the puck and winning the faceoffs, um, it's hard to do when you're killing penalties all the time, Eddie. And that that's something that the Ducks, you know, we saw last year, they, they'd get, you know, misconduct penalties or you know, just do something silly and end up, you know, down two minutes. And then, you know, it snowballs. You're down two minutes, you know, three or four times in a, in a period. Uh, it wears on your defense and it gives the other team uh, scoring opportunities. And we've really prevented that. Yeah. And, you know, the Ducks also burn a couple more former Ducks. And um, in this series, just like Perot in the first series, you got Hitler and, and Brian Burke in this series that get burned. And, you know, a, a real question everybody wants to know, I think, is, is really what happened to Hitler? You know, he everybody's expecting him to come out and the way he played in the first series against Vancouver and then he just gets burned in game one and he's done for the rest of the series. Yeah. I mean, you and I talked about that, Eddie, you know, and I mean, obviously we know the audience and, and we know a lot of people uh, still love Hiller and we know a lot of people still hate him too. Uh, you know, and uh, even my family's divided on the issue. I've got people in my family that can't stand him and I've got others that are like, you know, wish he was back. But, uh, 
I think the key goes back to just getting to him early. We we talked about that. That's what the Ducks did in game one and got him out. And uh, you and I said that if Calgary was really going to have a chance in the series, that Rama would be the one. And uh, if you go back and look at the way Rama's played for Calgary, you really have to tip your hat off to him. I mean, after that first game um, with the Ducks just shellacking, you know, Calgary getting those six goals, I mean, after that it had been close every game. You look at game two, the Ducks didn't salt that way and that that one away till the very end, um, you know, in the third period, getting those those um, two goals, one an empty header, and, and then you look at Game Three. Um, obviously, we almost did, but you know, nineteen point five seconds, we couldn't quite get it done. And uh, Game Four, same thing, uh, you know, still did it at the end, and Game Five as well. I mean, so if you look at Ramo and the way he played. Uh, he played very, very well, and I and I think that Hartley just lost faith in uh, Hiller after that game one. You know, we, we got to him early, and uh, I don't know if maybe Hartley listened to your advice, Eddie, or my advice. I don't know, you know. Or, well, I mean, I don't know how huge we're getting yet, but uh, you never know. Maybe they listened and said, oh, shoot, we should play Ramo, you know. And I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I, we, we got to him early, and that was the key. Yeah, and, you know, we finally get to see Bruce reach the third round for the first time in his career, and... You know, we were saying that if he goes out in this round, you know, a lot of people are going to be calling for his head and, you know, we're going to see him possibly get fired and, and, you know, somebody else come in. But, you know, with him getting to the third round, uh, do you think this calms the rumors that he's going to be fired or, or do you think he has to at least make the finals or win the cup or, or it's a bust? You know, uh, for me personally, I, I think it calms some of the stuff down. I mean, you know, we talked about this on the other podcast. We've compared him to Sutter and Quinville and, and how they didn't do well in their first 10 years as coaches. So for Boudreaux to, you know, get there after six seasons, you know, obviously those with Washington and now with the Ducks, I think it's great. I think he's fine. And the way the Ducks have played, I mean, yeah, there's been questions, and we'll get to some of the questions people had about the lineups, which we've talked about before. Um, but, you know, when you're winning, it's hard to question things. And I, and I think uh, – Obviously, we got to we got to preview this series, and it's not going to be an easy series compared to um, the Jets and the Flames. Which I'm, I mean, we beat those guys in four or five games. Not to say those were easy, but you know, Chicago, uh, Chicago is going to be a challenge. Um, they've got a lot more playoff experience, and it's going to be uh, a tough battle. So, uh, I think the ex- expectations are definitely high for us to go and uh, beat uh, Chicago and get to the Stanley Cup. Um, if we don't, I mean, are people going to be upset and, and are going to say, you know, fire him, get someone else? Sure, there's going to be some of those people. We, we have that group in our, you know, fan base here, unfortunately, that uh, as soon as one game goes down, you know, the world is, is over. As uh, Eric Stevens had actually tweeted out on his Twitter account, he was cracking up over the reactions to people when the Ducks lost uh, that one game to Calgary. So I, I think some people will be upset if we don't go to the Stanley Cup, but the reality of it is, if we don't, I mean, am I going to be upset? Uh, of course I am. I mean, I'm going to be pissed. I mean, I think this is our year. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say, oh, okay, get rid of Bruce. I would definitely keep him uh, for the way he's done, Eddie. Yeah, and you have to say that the way that they play now and, and the uh, the system that he's put in place and, you know, the, the forecheck and the physical play and, you know, everything he's put together is just culminating now. And, you know, everybody's – gelling and the way you know the, he's finally playing one lineup not really switching many guys out and you know it's hard to to say even if he, they go out in the series or they get blown out or something it, it's hard to, to to put him on the block and say you know it's his fault you know the, the way they played in these first two series even though they've been easier series comparable to Chicago you know it it's hard to to put him to blame on him and you know even guys like Babcock floating around and McClellan and other coaches out there you know, I still think the way he plays and, and the success he's had so far, it, it's really hard to put the blame on him. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you mentioned McClellan. You know, you want to talk about choking. I mean, there you go. Uh, I mean, <laughs> look at San Jose. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is, especially last season when they were up 3 nothing against the Kings in the first round. I was shocked McClellan was around this year. So, I mean, that's the other thing that some of the fans got to remember. There's some other coaches out there you can look around at and and – you know, Babcock's up there, and don't get me wrong, he did very, very well when he was on the Ducks. But, uh, you know, not all the coaches out there are going to be the right option. And I think that the way the team is now, you know, Murray, obviously the GM, Murray, getting what we needed, um, all the missing pieces, and, and we talked about this, getting rid of the, uh, the the players that weren't really gelling or doing well. 
Um, he really set up everything just perfect for Boudreaux in this playoffs, and the Ducks have done what they've needed to do in the first two rounds. Um, I really, uh, I, I really just don't see them changing Boudreaux, regardless what happens against Chicago. I mean, it would it would have to take like a, us losing uh, in a sweep uh, to Chicago to to really even make that inner that thought enter my mind, and, I, and that's not going to happen. This this uh, will pre, but we're not going to go down at least not like that, Eddie. Yeah, and you gotta look at it this guy's like this way, guys. At least we're not Edmonton. You know, we've got we've got a good organization, we've got good management, a good coach, a good GM. You know, we've drafted well, we've got, you know, good players who play. So you, there's no need to panic. You, you know, the, the cup is is it's one one team can win the cup. Obviously everybody wants it to be us, but you know, you, you can't be pointing fingers if, if it doesn't go our way. Um, but you know, looking back uh, at the series, if you got if you had to pick three, you know, I've got my three. I wanna know who you think were the best performers, you know, the three guys who really carried the, the torch for the Ducks in this series? Well, I, I mean, I think uh, you're definitely going to have to go with uh, uh, Matt Pileski in this one for sure. You and I talked about it, coming out, um, scoring a goal in each game. Um, I like Pileski's play as far as uh, just overall. He, uh, he can attack, he can play defense, he can hit, he can pass, he can score. I mean, Pileski, to me, um, doesn't really have a weakness in this game. Um, you know, I, I guess you could say face-offs, but he doesn't, he doesn't do that. He's not a center. He plays wing. So there's really no uh, weakness in Bolesky. So I would have to go with him in this series, definitely being up there in the top three. Um, it's just been amazing uh, for his play um, and uh, coming through every single game. Uh, I think the, uh, another option you'd have to go with for sure is obviously Perry. You cannot uh, look at him, and especially after you know the game five, and not just that, but uh, you know all the games. Um, other than game four, you know game four, I, I don't think he had a point, but uh, um, he's just been playing well, and he's been playing out of his mind. Uh, you know, there were some people that were criticizing him too in the last couple of years in the playoffs for him underachieving, and uh, you know he's really delivered uh, this time in the both rounds. Um, after that, I mean, it's tough. Uh, you know, I, I could go with um, Kessler or I could go with Getzloff. I mean, it's the same thing. They've, um, I think Kessler's brought more of the face-offs and the, um, the, de- the defense in this series. Uh, you know, obviously he had that goal in the, in, uh, the last game as well. That came out big. But uh, I, I think that's the angle I looked at for him, whereas with uh, Getzloff, it's been the offense. Um, he's really provided as well. So I, uh, he's led this team. Um I mean, he's been one of the best captains. I know. I think he gets underrated sometimes. You know, a lot of people look at the other captains around the league, Eddie, and uh, I would definitely um, put, uh, you know, uh, Getzloff or Kessler as uh, in the, probably the top three or four. It's just so hard to pick th- just three, but uh, th- that'd be my three or four players. I'd definitely throw up there, and uh, also Silverberg as well. You cannot uh, dismiss him uh, in this series and last series. Yeah, and you know, I think everybody's got to agree. It's like the first two. You know, the whole team has done great, but the first two you got to say is Bolesky with the five goals, you know, a goal in each game, and, and Perry with eight points in the season, and, and then the clincher last night after going down. And, you know, then you could really pick, you could list almost anybody on the team after, like you said, Kessler and Getzloff and Silverberg. And, you know, you got you can't forget Anderson, too. Uh, he posted a 1.76 goals against average and a, a just over a .92 save percentage in uh in this series so you know the, you could pick anybody and you know we're gonna need that performance heading into chicago yeah exactly i mean and and you know we can switch gears and, and go to uh start talking about the uh chicago series um and you're right i mean all everybody's gonna have to step up uh you know going into this uh if we kind of look at what's happened so far the ducks uh, are eight and one in the postseason this year and uh chicago's eight and two um, so similar records there. Um, you know, the Ducks swept the Jets and uh, Chicago swept Minnesota. Um, so, you know, if you look at the teams, though, Eddie, um, you know, offensively, uh, this is going to be a real uh, tight battle. I mean, the, the Ducks have scored uh, 3.89 goals per game. Chicago scored 3.2. Um, obviously, Chicago getting Kane back earlier. We talked about this. Um, we said if anybody was going to knock Chicago out, they needed to do it before Kane came back and uh, you know with Kane back that adds another dimension as you know as they picked up Vermont uh, as well to add uh, to the team and and now it's it's going to be uh, I think interesting um, trying to battle it out with our big guns against their big guns yeah and you, you look at the way Chicago plays and the way the team is built they're almost a you know more experienced uh, 
uh, you know, a little bit more skillful with the players they have. Uh, Calgary Flames, you know, they're they're a fast team, they're a smaller team. You know, they've they've got the two big lines, and they've got some depth in the third and fourth line, and they've got their Star Wars on defense, and obviously Corey Crawford and that. And you know, they play a pretty similar style to Calgary, and I think we just got to come out, and you know, everybody's gonna obviously want to say. You know, we said this in in the Calgary series, and I, you know, I don't want to say we were wrong because we didn't see it, but you know, we said Wisniewski might come in because the speed and Sackat should come in, and you know, maybe drop, we said Bleski at the time or Palmieri and, and add some speed to the lineup. But you know, I think you really got to take this series the same way you took the Calgary series. Obviously, Chicago is a lot better team, and you know, they're an elite team, and this is the first real test we have in this playoffs, but. You know they're they're gonna play a similar style and and, and you know they're they're real damage they do with their speed. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's gonna be the issue too. Is like you said, experience. You know they've been in the Western Conference Finals. They've won a couple Stanley Cups in, in the you know recent history. You know um, you know they're hungry um, after being there and then losing last year in, in seven games to the Kings, which. You know that that I'm not going to go into too much detail, but Game Seven against the Kings was a controversial one. Uh, there were some blown calls and that that led to some goals by uh, some team that you know resides in LA. But uh, uh, you know they're going to be hungry because they lost in that seven game series. Um, they're uh, to me they're a little bit more depth uh, with the trade deadline. I, I think the Ducks got a lot stronger. Uh, if you look at the season series, um, you know we we beat them in the first game one nothing. Uh, you know, way back in the beginning of the season, and then in the recent two games, he got destroyed. I mean, uh, we we got killed the uh, day after Thanksgiving. I was there, um, you know, four to one, and then the, the next battle after that, same thing, four to one. Um, but you know, that was before the trade deadline and all the changes that were made and the things that happened. We had guys playing in the in those uh, games that some people probably don't even remember or forgot, Eddie. So, you know, it, it's it's definitely going to be different. I, I don't think it's going to be. Um, you know, uh, I don't think it's going to be as lopsided for the Chicago as it was in those last two games. But I definitely expect uh, these games to, you know, just like they've been against Calgary, they're going to be tight games uh, in the third period. Yeah, and you have to look at that that first game in the series, too, uh, in the season series where, you know, it was Gibson and Darling in that and smith Pelly scored the short-handed goal. So, you know, three guys we're probably not going to see in this th- series. And, you know, not to, to say anything about Gibson. I'm, I'm just saying I hope I don't, we don't have to see him in this series because, you know, that would mean something happened to Freddie. But um, And then you look at uh, the second game uh, of the season series where we had three guys starting on defense and, and two of them aren't even haven't even played uh, in, in the playoffs yet. And you got Matt Clark who played in that game and Jesse Blacker who played in that game. Josh, Man- Josh Manson also played that game. Uh, Rene Bork, so you know a lot of guys who we we really didn't want in the lineup, and you know dealing with some injuries at the time. So you can't really look at these season games. You can maybe look at the last one because we had pretty much the same guys in the lineup. And but you know the playoffs are different. It, it's going to be different. Um, you know, Lovejoy was in the lineup for that game too, and so was DSP. So all these were before the trade deadline. So the team's different now. They're they're playing a lot better, and you know this isn't the same Blackhawks team either. They're allowing a lot more shots um, against per game, and you know it's just going to be something we haven't seen before. The Ducks have never played the Blackhawks in the playoffs, and you know, this is our fourth time in in the Western Conference Final, and this is their fifth time in the last seven years. Obviously, winning the Cup in 2010 and and 2013, so it's going to be uh, like you said, a close, tight series, and you know somebody's going to have to probably win this in six or seven. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we'll make our prediction at the end, but I, I definitely think it's going to go, you know, at least six. Um, you know, one of the questions that someone had asked is when you compare the lines, uh, you know, you look at the top lines and we, we talk about the big guns, obviously Taves and Patrick Kane against, you know, Getzloff and um, Perry and Kessler. And, and you look at that. But what about the uh, the third and fourth line, Eddie? You know, people talk about those lines and, and they're kind of wondering, you know, how do we stack up against Chicago? You think Chicago has an edge there or do you think the Ducks still have an edge? Um, you know, it's hard to say because you know, other than Cogliano, the, the, the lines haven't been really producing in the fourth and, and third line. But they've been playing well and they've been playing good defensively. Um, and, you know, you look at I'm looking at daily face off here because uh, it's been a while since Chicago Blacks have, Blackhawks have played. But. Um, according to this, the Sharp was on the third line, uh, playing with Vermette and, and Teravainen. So, you know, if uh, if that's the case, you might have to give the slight edge to the Blackhawks just because Patrick Sharp is nine points. He's, you know, obviously an elite player. He's playing on that third line, but you know, I, I think you just gotta say it's pretty even. You know, the Vermette's a great faceoff guy, 
know, Thompson's a good face-up guy, and then Kruger and Raquel are pretty much sort of the same type of player, and you know, physical guys in Desjardins and Andrew Shaw, just like we've got Tim Jackman down there. So, you know, it's if I had to give a slight edge, um, if Sharp plays on the third line, you got to give a slight edge to the Blackhawks. But other than that, it, it's pretty even. Yeah, I think this is the tough one offensively. I mean, I think we're going to see the, you know, there's a lot of all-star uh, talent in this series. So I think we're going to see the all-stars uh, come out to play and obviously shine. I mean, I, I really don't see, you know, either team um, stopping the stars uh, on, on both teams. I mean, I know you can play the matchup game, which you know that uh, Boudreaux is going to play it at Honda Center and Quinville is going to play it in Chicago. So you're going to see that, you know, and obviously we have home ice. So, you know, in terms of matchups, it's going to help us out. Um, if we do end up going all the way and going to a game seven. Um, and I think another key we talked about Eddie too, was the faceoffs that done in the playoffs and, uh, the Blackhawks just over 50, you know, percent. So, um, that edge is going to go uh, to the ducks. And, you know, if that's going to push, you know, the ducks, um, and the offense, I, I think, like you said, it, it's pretty even on the third and fourth line, maybe a little bit to Chicago, uh, and I give the top lines a little bit to the Ducks. So overall, I'd give a, you know a slight edge to the Ducks in terms of offense, but uh, it's really close to call. I mean, it, it, this is going to be uh, some serious, uh, fun uh, hockey to watch in the next couple of weeks, Eddie. Yeah, I know. When you're speaking of faceoffs, so, you know, there's going to be the big matchup. Is you know, we're definitely going to have to see Kessler match up with Taves, and that's going to be the huge matchup if. If Kessler, Bolesky, and Silverberg can shut down Taves' line, you know, obviously Kane and Taves don't play on the same line, so it's a little bit different than the series we've had where, you know, we've just had to shut down one line and we just had to shut down Little, Ladd, and Wheeler, and then we just had to shut down Monaghan, Goodrow, and Hoodler, and it wasn't as bad. Well, now, if Kane can shut, I mean, if Kessler can shut down Taves, you know, you've got to deal with Patrick Kane on the line with Brad Richards and Bickle, and then you got to deal with a third line possibly with Patrick Sharp and, and Vermad and Teravainen. So this is a lot deeper team than we've had to face. And, you know, Kessler's going to obviously be big, taking down their best player. And, you know, if Getzlaff has to match up against Kane and Richards, so, you know, they're going to have to do a good job. And, you know, I like that matchup. I like it. You know, they've got Bickle on that line because he's a bigger guy and, and Kane is smaller. But you know, you're going to have to keep the forecheck strong and, and then win the faceoffs, like you said. And, you know, the biggest mismatch in this series is size. In the beginning of the season, um, the Ducks were number one in weight and they were 210 pounds and the uh, average. And, and the Hawks were 29th at 197. So, and you look at the Flames last series, and the forecheck got to them. They're smaller players, and you know we got to do the same thing in this series. Yeah, I agree. I think the size was the advantage against Calgary, and I think we'll use the size again. Uh, you know, we had more people asking questions about the lineups um, and whether or not uh, Wisniewski or Sekatch would draw back in. Uh, I think everybody knows that you and I both think that they should both be in. Uh, we've, I think, said it on the last uh, two podcasts in a row that uh, we would like to see them play. Um, but realistically, you know, I don't know if we're going to see them, Eddie. Um, if Boudreaux wants to stick with the game plan and stick with the size against Chicago, um, we may not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with that. I mean, I think uh, Chicago's got some decent speed as well. I mean, they're going to cause some havoc uh, with the counterpunch ability is what they're really known for. Um, so, you know, I would like to see Sekatch, uh in there and Wisniewski, but, um, you know, I just don't know, Eddie. The lines probably will at least stay the same for game one. Yeah, I know. Listen, they're, they're obviously good enough players to be in the lineup, but... When you're playing this well, you've only lost one game, and you're playing the style you want to play, and you're almost working it for, to perfection in, in almost every game. Do you really want to change the lineup? You know, obviously Fleischman came in for Eden, but that's a small change. You know, if you then if you bring in Sekatch and you bring Wisniewski, and you you change up and you pull guys out of the lineup and put new guys in the lineup this far into the playoffs, it's you know it's gonna it's it could mess up the chemistry. It could work out, and I think. You know, like we said uh, last time, if they get to play Chicago, which is now going to happen, you know, you got to keep the same lineup for game one and, and see how it works. And, you know, they're obviously going to do their, their homework, watch tapes on Chicago and, you know, figure out the best lineup. But I think Bruce is, you know, he should and he probably will stick with the same lineup. Yeah, I agree. I think at least to start the series, that's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, and I think uh, if we switch gears and look to the defensive side, uh, you know, the Ducks have... Uh, uh, played pretty well. You know, they've only given up uh, two goals uh, per game average. I mean, granted, it, you know, it was the Jets and Calgary uh, that they played. And, 
Chicago's given up 2.8. They played uh, the Predators and the Wild, um, you know, obviously in their series. So the Ducks have at least an edge statistically there in that category. But I think when we look at the defense here, um, the big issue, Eddie, is going to be experience. Um, You know, you look at the Ducks, and, uh, you know, we have defensive men that haven't played uh, in these types of games. I mean, really, uh, the only senior defensive men on the Ducks is uh, Francois. Uh, you know, Chicago's got a lot of senior guys on the defense. I, I think it's really going to be the Ducks' um, youth against the Blackhawks' experience when it comes to the blue line. Yeah, and you look at, you know, the guys who have won a cup on this team, and they've got, uh, you know, like 14 guys who won the cup in 2013 and, you know, eight guys who won it in uh, – nine guys who won it in, in 2010. And you look at the, the defensemen on this list, and, you know, Keith and Yarmos and Seabrook won it in both years. Uh, Roosevelt, who's not playing, won it in, in 2013. And Oduya won it in 2013, and he'll be playing. You know, they, they've all been there. They've all they all know how to win. And you know, you look at the Ducks, and, and there's a big difference to last year. They've learned, you know, from the, the the loss to the Kings, and you can see that in Lindholm's play and Vodnin's play. And you know, you can, there's they obviously are going to make mistakes, and we've seen that as well. And you know, obviously with the play that Vaughn made the, t- uh, the penalty over the glass kind of changed the, the tide of the game in, in that game against Calgary. But, you know, I think uh, in off- offense, you know, the I think we got the advantage on like for offensive defense. I think we got the, the slight advantage, but, you know, you got to give the, the edge to, to experience for them. And, you know, uh, besides Keith and, and Seabrook, and I think one guy to watch on, on that line for, for uh, Chicago is going to be Yarmelson. I think... You know, he's kind of an underrated guy in a way, and he's a real shutdown guy for them, and we'll probably see him get tasked with uh, shutting down uh, Getzlaff and Perry. And, you know, that's going to be another key matchup. Uh, you know, if, if Getzlaff and Perry can, you know, get around get around Yarmulson, uh, that's going to be a big game changer. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, for the Ducks, uh, it's going to be Lindholm and uh, Boschman trying to stop, you know, either the first line or the second line uh, against Chicago. Again, that's going to be part of the problem, too. They, you know, they, you know, they can roll several lines. They're not just a one line team. So I I think we're going to see big time minutes by Lindholm and Boschman out there. Um, one thing that may help the Ducks a little bit is Roosevelt hurt his ankle in the last series, Eddie. So uh, Chicago's going to have to, you know, bring up somebody young to replace him, even though he's not the top four defenseman. Yeah, and you know, looking at their roster and and you know on on their website and and looking through their depth and, and it looks like they're gonna have to bring up either Runblad or Kumiski or, or or some guys are gonna come in and you know Blackhawks fans if if there's somebody else and I'm missing them you can grill me about it but you know Runblad and uh, is probably the guy you would think would come in or you know they might go with a more defensive guy I I, I don't know but yeah that's definitely gonna be a big loss for them obviously he's not a top four guy but. He's a solid top six guy, and he's uh, he's an older veteran guy, and you know, he knows what it takes to get you know to win the game, and you know the little things that are gonna annoy some of the top players on our team. So unfortunately for them, he's out, and you know doesn't look like he's gonna be back anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. So that may be you know a matchup that Boudreaux may be looking at, especially uh, you know the icing situations. You know how that is when you're at home or you're you're. Uh, you're battling it out, and uh, those situations pop up. Uh, if you can get, um, you know, that uh, weaker uh, pairing caught on an icing, Eddie, you're going to definitely look to see e- either our top or second line uh, matched up after a faceoff. Yeah, and you know, another thing, you know, the Ducks are going to have to take advantage on is this is, is special teams. I think they they've got a clear edge right now. If you look at the stats, obviously Chicago has some great players, and they can kill you on the on the, on the penalty kill and they are uh, on the power play, and they can be really good on the penalty kill, but. You know, in the playoffs so far, um, their their penalty kill has been pretty poor. They're 72.7 percent, and you know that that's one of the worst in in the playoffs right now. And you know that, and they allow 36.3 shots per against per game. You know that's that's something the Ducks are gonna gonna love. Obviously, they, they love to rack up the shots. We saw 47 last night, and there's the size mismatch, so they're gonna get a lot of hits. And you know, looking at it, it looks like they're gonna be able to play their game. But it's hard to say, you know, that's going to be the case. Like this is the Blackhawks. You know, they're they're verging on one of the best teams in the in the you know the last decade, and you know it, it's hard. But the, that's going to be something the Ducks are going to have to take advantage of. Is 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 when they get the chances on the power play, they're going to have to to convert on them. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Eddie. I mean, uh, you know, the power play, the Ducks have been really, really good at 31%. You know, what what had turned out to be the weakness has been a really big strength for the Ducks. Uh, in these first two series, and you know Chicago's at 20%. Uh, 
um, on the power play. So the Ducks definitely have the edge there, and they have the edge on the penalty kill. The Ducks have killed 87 percent, you know, uh, of their shorthanded situations, which has been great. And you know, obviously, um, we saw two in that Calgary series, uh, you know, some big kills, uh, especially in the last game with the four-minute penalty against Kessler, where the Ducks came up huge uh, to clinch it out. And I, I think that was a key too. Um, you know, was you know the special teams play um, on both sides of the puck uh, it had been an issue down the stretch of the season. You know, we had talked about it a lot of times. The fans had raised a lot of questions about it and what we needed to do. And I think we've straightened out those situations. Um, obviously, the Ducks play well five on five. Uh, you know, they've been one of the best five on five teams this season. But uh, I think if the Ducks are going to take down the Blackhawks, the special teams play is going to be where it's at. I, I give the advantage to the Ducks in this. Um, but you know, obviously, um, you have to see what happens when they do the matchups. And, and I do think that home ice will play into some of this too, Eddie. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the interesting things to look at too, is, you know, the ducks are such a good third period team and they've come back so many times, but you know, the Blackhawks have a pretty impressive record of themselves. Uh, uh they're a hundred percent after leading after one and leading after two in the playoffs, um, and also, um, they have a ridiculous record. I believe it's 29 games in a row or 30 games in a row where if they're leading after two, they've won all of them. So that's going to be something they're going to have to look out for. Obviously, the Ducks have their amazing comeback record and one-goal game records uh, you know, in the playoffs and in the season. And you know, even outscoring their opponents 17-4 to in the third in OT in the playoffs, it's going to be the, the tale of each period, and, and we're going to have to see how that plays out. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd uh, look at uh, the end of the second period and pay special attention to what the score is because, like you said, the Ducks have come back four times, um, you know, in this uh, postseason. They did it 18 times in the regular season. That's that's why we made the shirt that we did with the third period is ours because, uh, you know, that's the way it's been. We, we've we been the comeback teams, uh, comeback kids of, the, of all the teams. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the, if the score is tied and the score is tied, but if it's one way or another, uh, something's going to have to give. Um, I, I just don't see the Blackhawks continuing that streak. I don't think that they'll get a lead going into the third and they're going to, they're going to pull it out every time. And I mean, I'm not saying that they won't, but, uh, that this is a different ducks team. You know, uh, they've, they've played, you know, that stats against a whole bunch of other teams and the ducks have been able to do it. Um, against uh, you know everybody as well, so it's going to be interesting. I think the third period is going to be a huge, huge uh, deal in this series, uh, more so than the other series. I mean, it was a really big deal in the uh, the Jets series, but I, I think in this series, Eddie, uh, whatever happens in that final twenty minutes, um, you know, may decide the outcome of this entire series. Yeah, and you know the the big battle too we're going to have to look at is is Corey Crawford versus Freddie Anderson, obviously, and. You know, Crawford's had a little bit of a shaky start to the playoffs uh, against Nashville. You know, he got pulled, and Darling was in for a couple games, and then Crawford got put back in and you know, played pretty solid. Then he let in a weak goal against Minnesota over his glove, and then he played really solid. And, and you know, it's been up and down for him. And, you know, for Freddie, it's been pretty consistent. Uh, you know, I guess you could say that game three against uh, Calgary where he let in four on 21 shots. Um, and then a couple weak goals uh, under the blocker over the pad. But, you know, other than that, I think, you know, Freddie's been the better goaltender in these playoffs. But, you know, it's hard to bet against Crawford. You know, he's, he's won two cups for the Blackhawks. And, you know, he's just uh, at, at times can be, you know, an amazing goalie. And, you know, it, it, it's just you got to get to him early. I think that's the key is, you know, get to him early early and see if he holds up. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we talked about that against Hiller, and, and the Ducks did it against him, you know, in the game one against Calgary. So I think for the Ducks, the key would be to get to Crawford early and score, uh, you know, in that first period, uh, just like against Hiller, and knock him out. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe Quinville will listen to our podcast like Hartley, and uh, he'll play Darling. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe he'll uh, take us up on that. But uh, I actually hope that he doesn't. I hope that he does play Crawford because um, Crawford has had moments of lapses in his play. Um, and, you know, he's still playing very, very well. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's, he's got a five and one record, so he's, he's not playing poorly, but there's been some stretches where he hasn't played well, Eddie. I mean, his goals against is 2.6, uh, save percentage is, you know, 9.16, which is still good. But, uh, you look at Anderson, I mean, his goals against is 1.96 and goals against is, uh, 9.25. So slight, um, advantage in the uh, goals against, or I'm sorry, in the, uh, the save percentage, but definitely an advantage in the goals against, 
Uh, and obviously, Freddie's uh, eight and one. Um, he only had a couple tough games, both uh, ironically, the game threes against the Jets and Calgary, where he gave up uh, four goals in those two games. But I, I would give uh, Anderson the edge just on, based on the way he's played in these playoffs. Um, Crawford, I give experience to. Obviously, uh, you know, as you said, winning two cups, you can't overlook that. Um, but I just think the way Freddie's been in the zone right now and the way he's kept the Ducks when the Ducks have, um, you know, had some lapses in their offensive game. Uh, and defensive game. Um, I think that uh, I, I give a slight edge to, to Freddie. Uh, I mean, it's not a slam dunk. Don't get me wrong. This is going to be a tough series, but I, I give it to Freddie, uh, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure Joel Quinville listens to our podcast. So, you know, if he's listening right now, I think uh, Jimmy Waite, the goaltending coach for Chicago, should get the start. Uh, I think that would be beneficial to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Hey, you know, put in uh, whoever we say, right, Quinville? Uh, you know, we're pretty accurate on what we've said so far, uh, Eddie. Yeah, man. You know, you look at the rest of the, the series, and you, you, we could analyze this all day, but, you know, there's you look at our big three, you look at their big three, and it, it's really Perry, Getzlaff, and Kessler uh, versus Kane, Taves, and Sharp. You know, obviously there's Hosa, Silverberg, and you can keep going down the list, and, you know, the Hawks can match our depth any day, and we can match them. And, you know, I think it really comes down to – the, the big threes race each other, you know, Perry's leading score in the playoffs right now. Kessler and Gadslaff have been really good. And uh, Kane's on a seven game point streak right now. And you know, he wasn't even supposed to be back until now, but he's a hundred percent healthy. He looks like it. And he, he's playing amazing right now. So I think it's really going to come down to, you know, the, the two big threes battling out. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a key. Uh, like we said, uh, the top, the stars, you know, there's going to be a lot of star power in this uh, series. Um, I think the Ducks, though, uh, with uh, Silverberg and Bolesky uh, tearing it up, uh, has really added another dimension to this team um, that's going to make it difficult uh, for the Hawks to match up on defense as well. So it's not going to be as easy for them to play defensively against the Ducks. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to be a battle of matchups. You're going to see a lot of this. You're going to see a lot of the lines being rolled and changed um, during the faceoffs. So. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I think this game uh, goes at least six, Eddie. Um, I, I take the Ducks in this series, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to go at least six, maybe seven. Uh, what's your prediction for uh, this series? You know, I've been looking around today, and I've been seeing a lot of Blackhawks in six. And, you know, their experience is going to be too much. And, you know, I, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. And I know this series can go either way, and it's going to be hard. But... You know, I think you got to build. I think how we've played in Winnipeg in their building and in Calgary in their building this series and and the two series and you got to go to United Center now, which is going to be just as hard. I think, you know, where we should win our first two games at Honda Center. Maybe if we can steal one in United Center, uh, you know, I I got to go probably Ducks in six or seven, but you know, if we got to wait and see, it's going to be a really tough series. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough series. It's going to be fun. I, I you know I go back, uh, kind of a final thought on this series, Eddie. I look at this series, and this isn't anything to take away from the Eastern Conference, but uh, when the Hawks and the Kings played last year, uh, you know the winner of that I felt like was going to win the Stanley Cup, and uh, I, I feel the same way. I, I mean, uh, obviously there's still some stuff to be done in the East uh, with those series, but uh, that's what I look at, and I think uh, that you know there's a potential for the team to win this one to uh, go all the way. Yeah, you know, unless the team coming out gets so banged up, I, I, I don't see. I think, like you said, the team coming out of this conference final in the West should should be the ones to win the cup. You know, I don't see the, you know, the Rangers even them being the Presidents Trophy winners if they go on, or the Capitals, Montreal, Tampa. I, I just can't see them competing with, you know, the Ducks or the Blackhawks. So like you said, I think, you know, you, you, the winner of this conference final is probably going to be the winner of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, like you said, Eddie, I, I think it's going to you know, determine the outcome of what happens in the Stanley Cup final. Um, it's going to be an interesting two weeks. Uh, before we wrap up, though, everything, we, you know, we still have some fan questions out there that we're trying to get to more of them. And um, one of the big ones they asked, Eddie, was uh, comparing the 2007 Stanley Cup team to this team. And uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think uh, this team would be the same as uh, the 2007 team or better or a little bit weaker? Or what do you feel? You know, it, you look back at that team and, and, you know, some of the names we had on the team, obviously Niedermeyer and, and Pronger and, and Solani and Getzlaff and Perry as rookies. And, 
you know, Dustin Penner coming off a pretty good rookie season for him too. And, you know, this is the depth on that team. And, you know, I, I think it's comparable to this season. There was a lot of depth on that team and then two lines playing really well and, you know, some f- really physical and skillful third and fourth line and then a solid goalie and Jiggy. I, I think it's comparable to this season, but, you know, it, it's tough. It, it's it's eight years ago, right? It's a completely different team now other than Perry Getzlaff and Boschman and, you know, it, it feels like a championship team. You know, I, I got to say, I, I, I believe in these guys a lot more than I did at the beginning of the playoffs. I think it was going to be a lot tougher. Everybody was going against us. You know, we, we were pretty sure we were going to get past Winnipeg, but, you know, it, it, you never thought they were going to play this well. And then, you know, they're, they're looking like they can go all the way now. And, you know, I, I wouldn't bet against them. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't bet against them either. I mean, if you if you go back to the uh, 2007 uh, Stanley Cup uh, playoffs when the Ducks won, you know they took out the uh, the Wild uh, five games, and then the Canucks and five, and then the Red Wings and six. Um, you know, so it's kind of some comparable numbers there. I mean, we took out the Jets and four, and we took out the Flames and five, and uh, you know we may take Chicago and six as well. I mean, it could be something similar to that kind of a fashion. So when I look at that. Um, you know, that's a big thing. Uh, I think maybe the only uh, slight advantage, like you had mentioned on, on the defense back in 2007, was Niedermeyer and Pronger, who were just, you know, obviously the, the two big uh, workhorses and beasts on the blue line. Um, so I think there's a little bit uh, of an edge to uh, the blue line back then in terms of experience and uh, overall play. But uh, I think in terms of uh, maybe offense, maybe this team's a little bit uh, better. Uh, it's just really in the playoffs with, like you said, with Bolesky and Silverberg uh, coming up in there, scoring uh, in both these two series. Um, it, it would be interesting, you know, how you can do those in some of those games where you can you can play certain teams against others. It'd be, it'd be fun to watch if you uh, could pull up the 2007 team and have them play the, uh, the current Ducks team. Um, you know, I don't know how uh, Perry and Getzlaff would match up against each other or Boschman, but, uh, you know, it'd be an interesting uh, hypothetical. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, you, like we said, it's hard to compare the teams, and I, I think the real gist of the question is, like, and do, do we feel like a championship team? And I think we both agree we feel like a championship team. And, you know, one thing I want to mention before we wrap this up, and something that's just kind of been bugging me, obviously I've, I've, I've got to watch all the games here in Canada, so it's, you know, um, you, 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 you hear about the Ducks in the media and you, you listen to the commentators and stuff. And I feel like, I think everybody knows this, and, you know, it's been mentioned countless times on with Ducks fans and other podcasts and, you know, the Ducks are just kind of you know, ignored by the media. You know, I've listened to the game the other day and, you know, it's just how I talk about how the flames can come back and you know, what are they got to do to fight against the Ducks and, you know, the Ducks dominating in the third period, what do the flames have to do to get back into this game? And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's always baffled me. I know it's a California team in Canada, but you know, I don't know if you guys deal with the same thing there or, or other places, you know, on NBC or, or Fox sports. It's just, it just seems like, you know, they don't like us, and you know we we got the no one likes us, we don't care attitude. But you know it seems like we're we're pretty much not liked by most of the media. Yeah, I mean uh, I think you're exactly right, Eddie. I think uh, in terms of if the games on Fox Sports, you know West or San Diego, uh, obviously the media has been great uh, over there. Uh, both those uh, establishments, uh, as far as on the you know, networks and whatnot, and obviously when we have uh, Al- Allers and Hayward on there, they've been great. And uh, I've talked to Dan Wood about this a little bit, and he knows about the bias as well, so it's well known. Um, and, I, and you know, listening to the um, the home networks and, and radio stations, it's been obviously good, and, and they're all for the Ducks and no problems. But uh, in the playoffs, it is a different animal, and I think um, going on the NBC channels, uh, you know, a lot of fans have complained to me um, about the bias, and it's evident. It's on there. You can you can see it. Um, you know, I'm sure, like you said, it's up there in Canada. It's on NBC. I, I think a lot of it is the time zone. Uh, issue you know a lot of people on the uh, east coast and midwest are you know either asleep or you know it's uh, midnight 1 a.m by the time you know uh, things get wrapped up sometimes if games go into overtime and whatnot and uh, you know people don't watch everything that's going on on the west coast so they they're not going to stay up you know with a game starting at you know 10 o'clock or 10 30 eastern time or 9 or 9 30 you know midwest time i mean it's difficult for them to watch so i think Part of the problem with them is is their bias for sure, and I think part of it too is that they just don't watch the game. So they just uh, see you know their local paper talking about you know whether it's the Red Wings or the Rangers or whoever it is that's their team, and I think we get left out. And 
you know, also don't forget the Ducks are a small market team. You know, I know it's hard to believe, but I mean, Anaheim is a smaller market team. We're not LA, uh, you know, thank God. But I mean, we're, we're not, you know, we're not in a big market. So that's another uh, bias that, that hurts us. And and I just, I don't really like NBC doing these games. Um, it's kind of frustrating. I, I really miss, uh, you know, the Fox sports announcers we have. And um, I always joke with Dan, too, I, I'll turn off the NBC announcers and I'll listen to Dan on the radio, even though it's a little bit behind sometimes, um, because the bias, uh, it, it gets frustrating, Eddie. And I think a lot of fans will agree with you and your point. Yeah, you know, I I, you know, I, I deal with it a lot up here, and, and I get it. I get it. I mean, I'm watching the Canadian Network. I'm watching on Sportsnet. You know, I, I love watching Sportsnet. It's just... You know, I, I get that they want to gear it a little bit towards Calgary because obviously they're going to get more Calgary viewers. And um, But you look at it, you know, obviously we're going to have to deal with this next series. We're going to be playing Chicago, and, you know, you know how much the NHL loves Chicago, and they have a ton of fans, and, you know, NBC is going to be all over it, and I'm sure SportsCenter is going to be all over it too. And, you know, do you think it takes, you know, you look at L.A. too, and, you know, I think you made a good point with the small market and the big market difference. Uh, do you think if it does it take, you know, a couple cups if we win a cup this year? And then another one two years down the road, maybe do you think that puts us in the same level? Because I, I don't see it being the same situation. You, know, you look at the, the Blackhawks are popular because they've won their cups and they're successful. So the NHL and the media loves them. And it's the same with the Kings. But, you know, I, I don't think, you know, the Ducks could win the next three Stanley Cups. And I, I still don't see the same thing happening. Yeah, I mean that's a good question, Eddie. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, one, I would like for that to happen, of course, <laughs> uh, for us to go on a roll, maybe like the uh, like the '80s Islanders, you know, won four in a row. Uh, that'd be fantastic for the Ducks to go on some kind of just crazy mean streak and just start destroying everybody and you know making the media have to know us. Um, I think uh, part of it's been a product of our our playoff of failures the last two years. You know, uh, we mentioned this before. The Ducks are one and four in closeout games in the last two years, and this year they're two and zero. Uh, you know, totally flipped the script. They've got that killer instinct, which is another thing that's going to help them if they're going to uh, take out the, the Blackhawks. And I think if the Ducks can go all the way this year and build on it and go deep, uh, you know, consecutive years. Um, it may change, but you know, like you said, I think if we win one cup, uh, you know, I, I don't really think it's going to make a big deal. I mean, it's going to be all hoopla for you know the summer, and then they're going to go back to their teams come September, October. Uh, if we win two or three, uh, maybe, maybe it'll change. But I, I, you know, it's just a tough thing. It's it's been like that, and you know, you see it in the other sports too. It's not just hockey that uh, that bias for the um, the Midwest and the East Coast. It's it's just it's been there, and I don't think it's going to go away. Yeah, I know. I I completely agree with you, and I think it's good on the fans for adopting the, uh, you know, the Millwall FC. No one likes us. We don't care. And I think, you know, it, it fits the franchise well. And you know, if the media is gonna not pay, pay attention to us, we don't care if we're winning. You know, we're happy. It doesn't matter. Exactly. And I think that's what we got to do. We just got to go out there and play our game. And uh, I think the Ducks will be fine, and uh, if anything, uh, you know, you've seen it before with, uh, you know, the people um, hating on Kessler and hating on uh, Perry, and uh, I think it works for the fans too, Eddie. I think a lot of us uh, know that there's people out there that don't like us. Um, you know, there's even Kings fans rooting against us and making up uh, the Calgary slash Kings logos, and I'm waiting for the Blackhawks slash Kings logo next, even though, you know, they couldn't stand Chicago last year, so... Um, you know, I, I think the fact that other fan bases, uh, you know, around our area and then the media abroad uh, is against us. I, I think, if anything, it's motivated this team. I think it's motivated you and me and all the fans as well. And uh, I think it's a driving force. And it's something that uh, it's unfortunate uh, based upon where we're at. But I, I think it's something that we can turn into a positive for the team. And we use that to go forward. And, and you know, we just prove them wrong. And we've proved them wrong the last two series. There's there's some people I'm not going to call out in the media, uh, you know, because I'm friends with some certain people. But there's there's people in the media out there that you know said that uh, the Jets and the Flames were going to win in five or six games, and you know that obviously didn't happen. And um, it's kind of frustrating when they they kind of put their personal feelings in there, and you know, you and I try to look at this objectively as we can. Uh, you know, like we said with the Blackhawks series, it's going to be a tough series um, for sure. Um, you know, we've given some slight edges to the Ducks, but like we said, there's slight edges. It's going to be a battle, and um, it'll go down to the wire, Eddie. And uh, I just, I can't wait to get this started. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a nail biter for sure. Like this is going to be a, a big challenge for us. And you know, like you said, everybody's rooting against us. Uh, 
I heard this earlier on, on another podcast, and I've heard it from a lot of other people. Um, the Sharks and, and, and Kings fans have kind of buddied up together and, and just rooted and created like a, a hate club against us for the playoffs. So it, it's kind of funny to see. And, you know, it's a, it's nice because they're not in the playoffs. So it, it, it's it's fun to, to watch from the outside. Yeah, and you know if they want to do that and they want to they want to you know have miserable lives and waste their time rooting against someone, that's fine. You know, I mean I'm serious. I, I don't root against I don't root against like obviously I don't want them to win, but I'm not sitting there watching every game hoping that you know they go down. You know my life goes on. Like if the Ducks get eliminated from the playoffs, I, I mean obviously I'm upset and I get emotional about it because that's our team. But I'm not going to sit there and try and uh, direct hate against other teams. I think that's a waste of time. And uh, if their fan bases, you know, I know that there's people in their fan base that aren't like that. But if, if there's fans like that that want to be like that, then, hey, you know, go go for it. I mean, but, uh, you know, hate's just going to bring negative stuff uh, back on them, Eddie. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I've seen, I've seen a couple pictures and you know, I don't know for sure. And I know you go to the games. I've seen a couple pictures of some Kings fans at Honda Center during the playoff games. Is that true? Uh, I haven't seen as, as many as I have during the regular season game, but there's been a couple that have been there, uh, wearing their Kings jerseys. Not as much, I would say in the past that I've seen, but, uh, yeah, there's a few, you know, I don't know why. I mean, I wouldn't go to Staples Center for a Kings playoff game. Uh, well, one, I wouldn't even go, but if I did, for some reason, I wouldn't wear a Ducks jersey. I, you know, I'm not going to go there and start a bunch of you know stuff with their fans you know i try to hold myself a little bit better than that you know i, I rather uh you know stay at home and uh you know do something else or go go to a ducks game but uh yeah there's a there's a couple but you know it's, it's been pretty good so far this series the jets fans have been good the flames fans have been good there hasn't been any issues unlike last year so it's going to be good um and it's going to be rocking for this next series uh eddie it's going to be good to see uh you know some serious uh tight battles uh for this uh coming up uh, matchup yeah and that just quickly one more thing on that that's always baffled me is is the other team you know some third jersey coming into to a, a matchup i remember going to a ducks game in in toronto and and then there's some like couple of guys with boston broom jerseys in there it's always i've always just like wondered what these guys are thinking at home and you know they're going to a game a ducks toronto game and they're gonna wear their Boston jerseys. I've I've never understood the you see the odd third jersey of the team that's not even playing that night, and, and these guys just maybe won tickets to the game or something and decided to support the team that's not even playing. It's it's always just amazed me. Yeah, I, and I've talked about that too, and you know, gotten mixed reactions from fans. I mean, I guess some people you know just like the sport and they want to go, um, you know, and they just throw what they have because they're not a fan really of either team and they just want to watch a good game. Which I get it, I, I guess. But uh, you know, I went to one uh, Kings Red Wings game way back in the day, and I didn't wear anything, uh, you know, as far as jersey wise. I mean, obviously, I wore some clothes, but. <laughs> Yeah, but just like wear some regular clothes. Like, yeah. you don't go there wearing like a Ducks jersey. They're not even playing. Right, exactly. And and that's what I did. And I still got hated on because my, my friend was a Red Wings fan, which I've told some people about this story. And it's why I've never gone back to Staples Center because I'm not going to subject myself to that kind of behavior. But, uh, um, yeah, we'll look forward to uh, this series. And, you know, we'll cover the games as they come through. We'll, we'll usually do the podcast uh, every two or three games, uh, get you guys updated, uh, give you more commentary. We'll probably have some more guests on as well. Um, we got a deal going on right now uh, for a foul towel. Um, you buy any of the two shirts we have listed on uh, dnphockey.com, and you'll get a, a foul towel for free. Uh, I know some of you have already placed orders. If you did and you ordered a couple shirts, uh, I'm throwing the foul towel in there with you. I just uh, decided to do this once the Ducks advance to the next round to kind of get people more pumped up. So that'll be in there for you. And uh, a couple more shirts that are coming out and getting them out there. And the beans are almost finally here. I had a uh, lost shipment of uh, some merchandise, which is unfortunate, but they're going to be coming up this week. And uh, look for that and make sure you subscribe. We're on iTunes and YouTube. Those are the two big ones. And we're looking at some other options as well. And uh, hopefully we have a good uh, series, Eddie. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs>